Welcome to the podcast, Vaginas and Vertebrae, where two doctors talk all about down there topics that seem to be overlooked. Whether it be mindset, body image, self-love, or medical questions, we dive deep into all aspects of being female. Dr. Madeline is a chiropractor who is on a mission to inspire women to reconnect to their bodies and reclaim their power. Dr. Kaylee is a pelvic floor physical therapist, spreading the truth that your vagina is magical. And as a woman, you deserve to rid of all the shame, guilt, and fear, limiting you from stepping into your boss bitch self. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Thank you so much for your support of our podcast, Vaginas and Vertebrae. Please understand that all of the information, whether it be by Dr. Kaylee, Dr. Madeline, or our guest, is all solely based on personal and professional opinion. Nothing that we say or give information on should be utilized in place of any medical advice that has been given to you. If you are experiencing any medical symptoms, signs of issue or dysfunction, please make sure that you follow up with your physician and make sure you are following all of the plans of care. We are not saying that we have a physician-patient relationship with any of our listeners, so therefore we do not have any liability with what you do with the information that you gain from this podcast. Thank you so much again for listening, and we're super excited that you were just so chill, and you're ready to learn, and you're ready to listen to the way that we feel about what's going on in women's health care. All right. We are super excited to be on yet another episode of Vaginas and Vertebrae. I am in a different place. I usually have my tapestry behind me that says vagina doctor, but my internet connection is a hot mess recently. I think I use Zoom too much, but we're super excited to be here. We have another special guest. I'm Dr. Kaylee. Dr. Madeline. And we have Amy Rinky on today. And now, remind me, Amy, aren't don't you have a doctorate degree in some sort? Are you doctor? I am. I am finished. I almost give me like four months. So I'm finishing my doctorate in nursing right now. Yeah. Yeah. We have a um, running record of calling everyone doctor, like just out of nowhere, because it's just a (laughs) habit. So we're just like doctor this, doctor that. (laughs) In my spirit, I am almost there. So so awesome. I'm sure we'll touch on like what that is here soon. Yeah. um, Like what you're getting. but go ahead and start and just tell us your story what are you about who are you what's going on in the life of Amy yeah okay well let's see um I am a Floridian to start there I love Florida so I never really plan on leaving um and one of the main reasons is just our like birth community um here I just really really love it and I can't see myself leaving it um I guess professionally wise um I have a bachelor's in health education. I did that first um, at University of Florida, go Gators. Um, And through that kind of got exposed to um, just education in general. I really like teaching, um, which is fast forward, one of the reasons why I'm getting my doctorate. Um, So I did that for four years and then, and I was in Gainesville and I moved back to Tampa where I'm from and I, took like the longest route through nursing possible. But I really think looking back, like it's super cliche, but there's a reason why things happened and why certain doors were open and closed. And um, it didn't feel like that at the time, but um, yeah, I feel like there's totally reasons why um, I took the path that I did. So I became an LPN, a licensed practical nurse. Um, that took me <clears throat> about a year 
And then I worked for um, a midwife after that um, in Lakeland. And I kind of was, I always knew that I wanted to do something with moms and babies. You know, it's just something like in you. I really, I really think it is a calling. Like you can't do this without having that calling. Um, you can, you're just going to be miserable. So, um, so yeah, so I worked for um, a home birth midwife for a little over a year. I was kind of like one of her birth assistants. I just did like lab stuff and just got exposed to what birth really was. And for me, it was really cool that um, one of the first, the first birth I ever saw was in the hospital. It was for one of my best friends. But then the majority of the first like hundred births that I saw were out of hospital. And that is pretty rare for where I kind of ended up. And so, um, but for me, that was super pivotal to see like, what does birth look like untouched? And, and so um, I did that for a little bit and then I became a registered nurse. Um, and then I took my first job at, um, uh, my first nursing job at St. Joe's Women's in Tampa and I did high-risk OB. So um, I loved it. It was some of the best like five years um, of my career. I think it was really foundational and just knowing, like I knew low risk, obviously, but then seeing that high risk and seeing like, okay, what does actually need to be in the hospital? And like, this is where um, hospitals play a really key role in, in OB. Um, so I did that for about five years. And then through that process, I got another bachelor's in nursing. And then I decided um, through a series of events through just, um, I became a doula through that time to, um, and um, also got certified in lactation. Um, it was kind of just like the circles that I was running in. And um, one of my really good friends was um, applying for midwifery school. And I was like, hey, this is, I, this is, I think, the time that I want to do this. And so um, we applied to different schools and kind of did our own path. And I became a midwife. So I am a certified nurse midwife. So I have my master's in nursing. Um, and I've been doing that for the last like year about. Um, and I moved over to St. Pete, so now, now I'm in St. Pete, and I have worked in the hospital for the last year. So um, that's kind of like a huge overview, and then I'm like finishing up my doctorate now. So um, a lot of education. I, I really value education, obviously, um, and I think I have a good mix of um, out-of-hospital and in-hospital experience, which is pretty unique, I think. So um, yeah. Super smart all the degrees <laughs> you know i'm done after this i'm done <laughs> i know i know that's awesome i really love that though and you touched on i want to before we move forward you had made a comment about what birth looked like untouched can you touch on what you mean by that because some listeners may not understand what that yeah. means right so i think um kind of what that means is i one of the um so i'll kind of just dive into one of the like I right now, like I work with, so I'm a midwife and then I work with doctors because I'm in the hospital. Um, and one of the main differences between midwives and doctors is I like to tell patients because some patients come to our practice and literally don't even know the difference. And so, um, <clears throat> midwives are skilled in that normal vaginal birth. And that is like our bread and butter. Whereas OBs are really skilled in surgery. And I think that is where we should stay for the most part. And so, um, as a midwife, one of the greatest things is I think um, skills that like we can possess is just like sitting on our hands and just like watching people, watching moms, women give birth and like just really tap into what that looks like for them. And every, every woman does that differently. And so I think I use the word untouched just because I think um, 
a lot of times we want to be that like person to do something or to touch them or fix something or like be that savior. And for the most, for the majority of births, they don't even need us. Like I really, I think I am there. Like I went to school so that I know what to do in an emergency. I, but for the most part, moms really don't need us to be there. Now, do I think you should have a licensed person at your birth, I actually do professionally think that in an emergency. But I think for the majority of moms, like we are just there to hold space and to remind them that like their bodies know what to do and, and we are there in case they need us. So um, yeah, that's kind of what I meant. I love that. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Um, can you tell us like a little, I know that I definitely have patients who are unsure, like the difference between an OB, a midwife, like what mm -hmm. that looks like when using your services to bring baby into the world and the different options with that. So can you kind of outline that for us? Yeah, like what your options are or? Kind of how you um, differ. Mm -hmm. How they, yeah. Um, so I think at the end of the day, I will start with like, at the end of the day, I think it really just depends on um, who like you have rapport with and who you trust. It's like with anyone, you know, and so, I think um, that's what I do. I love like a combined practice having midwives and doctors because we can work really well together and um, you know, we can both give really good care, but I will say, and I, so I, like the three docs that I've worked with for the last year, um, they will be the first ones to say this as well. So I feel comfortable saying this. Midwives, we love to be at the bedside. We love to be with you. Um, I mean, we uh, literally a midwife means like with women and so like we are there serving the woman and um we love just being a part of the whole process and so what you get when you choose a midwife is more of this like holistic care and this well-rounded like we are gonna it's like everything is like a joint decision and so starting from like your first visit until postpartum like we're never going to tell you what to do um i heard this one of my um, preceptors used to tell this to patients and I stole it from her because I think it was so good of just um I, my job is to stay up to date and educated on like the latest research and evidence which I, as doctors as well you guys can agree with that and my job is to tell patients that and, and to inform them of that but what they do with that information is up to them and I really do trust that like if I'm giving them that information and they make a different decision than what I would make, that's okay because it's their body and it's their birth and it's their family. And I can't, I don't know what's going to be best for their family. Whereas no one can tell me what's best for my family. And so that is something where I think midwives are different and that we aren't going to force our opinion on you. Now in a true emergency, which is so, so, so rare, we trust that patients want us to save their lives, but that's talking so extreme. For the majority of times, like there's always time for a discussion, always time for that respect. And so um, we're, you know, as physicians, they, they would rather be doing surgery. They would rather be doing more um, highly skilled things, which is what they went to school for. They don't like necessarily pushing with patients. Whereas like, I actually get upset if nurses push with my patients. I really like doing that with them because I want to be there for them. And so, um, yeah, I think that's like one of the main differences is like we actually really enjoy like dialoguing with our patients and getting to know them. And they're not just a number, even in a bit practice, like 
they aren't a number. I know most of my, like at least the partner's name and like something about them and um, you know, what they're like usually, and one of like towards the end of pregnancy, I usually ask um, just like, tell me your like top three desires for your birth. And I'm going to try and make that happen, you know, like, um, and so even, and like, we can dive into this too, but um, cause I've, I've done, I've, I've seen home birth, birth center and hospital. Yes. I've chosen to work in the hospital the last year. Cause I think those moms need a midwife. Um, but you can still have a really, really respectful birth in the hospital. And part of that though, is dialoguing. If I don't ask what the patient wants, I don't, I'm not going to know how to serve them, you know? So, um, yeah, as you can tell, I like to talk. So I th- a lot of it is just talking. A lot of it is just like figuring out what they want. And like, you know, you can't just guess um, how, like how they're going to feel comfortable and that kind of thing. So um, I think a lot, a lot of birth trauma comes down to like a lack of respect. Yeah. No, I love that you touch on that too. Um, that's really important. I can tell that like how passionate you are as well. Like when I ask you a question, your eyes get like, it's the same as me. Like, I'm just like, Oh yeah, let me answer that question. This is so good. Um, and I can say honestly, as like a personal account to one, can't wait for you to deliver my babies, but two, um, comments and like testimonials and things that I get from clients is so empowering to hear when they have birthed their baby with you because the funniest thing, and I don't know if I've told you this before, but I'm going to tell you now in public. Um, I've had several of them say like the thing that they enjoy the most is that you're there, but you're not like telling them what to do. You're not telling them how to do or how to be or how to feel. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important Mm because that's something I talk to them about during their birth Mm -hmm. planning with me and their Mm -hmm. physical side of things. I always tell Mm -hmm. them, you know, regardless of what they say, remember that your body's telling you how to act and how to react. And Mm -hmm. so it's really cool to hear that. Um, So I wanted to say thank you for the care that you give the clients that Uh, we have, because it's amazing. And can you now going into like, oh, sorry, go ahead. We just um, interviewed my sister too for her story, which will come out before this. Oh, cool. Yeah. But just to like, I love that you have spent time in the hospital as a midwife and, and you offer that because she ended up getting transferred and got to have delivery that she wanted to because she there was a midwife on staff that respected right. that right. and allowed her to do what her body was to do, where the OB on staff was like, you're going to let her try to push, you know, yeah. and I think it's so important because sometimes moms are, you know, they didn't want to end up in the hospital or going to end up and that wasn't their plan, but do we still have people there who are going to listen and, and provide and advocate mm-hmm. for them and not just throw them into surgery yeah. because it's or that's what people are used yeah. to doing. So. Yeah, for sure. And I have loved the nurse. I love teeth, like just educating, but like the nurses are, it's so fun when nurses leave deliveries and they're like, oh my gosh, I didn't know it could be like that. I'm like, yes, that is what births look like. They were like, I mean, it is, it is a, a high compliment when nurses are like, we love doing deliveries with you. I'm like, yeah, because it's not like it doesn't have to be this like extreme crazy thing. Like I like nurses, they're always like, do you want this? Do you? I'm like, no, I don't really need anything. I'm just going to sit here. <laughs> like, I'm good. And they're like, do you want the light on? I'm like, if the mom wants the light on, then sure. Like, you know, like I like the light on after, like if I need to see something, but um, it is just funny. Like. But it's super cool when you see like these other health professionals who have only seen birth one way and then they're like, oh my gosh, like that's how it can be. And I'm like, yes, like that is how this can be. 
So it's just, it's so empowering. I love it. It's such an empowering thing, Um, which leads me down to as well. Like I know you said we're going to touch on this and we said we were going to touch on this. I really want to know the choice that you made to going into doing hospital births and like, what is a hospital birth like as a midwife? Like what are those things that people Mm -hmm. can kind of consider when making that decision? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it kind of goes back to like, I'll just briefly start like, because I, the midwife that I worked with as an LPN and as a doula and birth assistant was actually um, an LM, so a licensed midwife. She wasn't a nurse midwife. And I, I just, I almost went that route instead of a nurse midwife, but because I was already a nurse and I did want to be able to provide more GYN care. Like, so I can, I love doing like well women and problem visits and I love doing procedures and that kind of thing. So that was one of the reasons why. And then also I just felt that so my closest friend who we went to school together, she became um, a LM and she only does home birth. And I was like, you know what? It, like there's plenty of midwives who are doing really well at that. I don't know if I necessarily need to do that, but there we need more like holistic midwives who are nurse midwives in the hospital. And so that's like one of the reasons why I was like, I think this is more like where I can like serve people better, even though it was like a longer route. But um, so yeah, one of, I mean, one of the differences I would say is, um, well, I think like just when you, when you get pregnant, I think you have to just like listen to your gut, especially right now with like with COVID going on, we, I can't tell you how many conversations I'm having of, you know, moms being like, should I transfer? Should I not? And it, it comes down to like, what is your gut telling you? I, it right now it is, it's safe to have a home birth. It's still safe to have a hospital birth. Like I'm not going to convince you one way or another. Um, Obviously there's so many variables to it. So I think you, you have to do your own homework and you have to do your own education. You talk to people and then you decide with your family, like what you feel is safest for your baby. Um, but I think one of the things that people are hesitant about having a hospital birth is they think when they walk into the hospital that like all their rights are stripped from them, which is just not true. It really isn't. And so um, one of the things that I like to tell people is, you know, we can create this out of hospital birth experience in the hospital with the right people. Like that's what it is, is if you're going to hire a provider who actually trusts you and trusts your body and are, is going to have conversations, then a hospital birth can be one of the best things. Like I, I really love working in the hospital for so many reasons, but um, yeah, I think, um, you know, some of the positives to hospital births are you have um, the safety of a hospital. You have, um, you, you know, you don't have to tr- have that thought of transferring. Um, you have an OR close if needed. Um, and you have more people around to help postpartum. Like, obviously, there's wonderful things about being home postpartum. But there's also really, so I did um, postpartum nursing for a little bit. And I mean, I don't know, I love being there those first 24 hours to help with every single last with lactation, to be able to help these moms get to the bathroom to like, help them teach them how to swallow their baby, all that kind of thing. So I think there's a lot of benefits that people forget about being in the hospital. I mean, you know, on the flip side, yes, we're, we can be kind of annoying as nurses and coming in and out of your room and waking you up, blah, 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 blah. But I also think sometimes the benefits outweigh the negatives um, in being in the hospital. So I, I just try and tell people like, you know, no matter where you give birth, it is a mindset. And I think if you're 
like, like you have said, like if you're preparing for birth and you're preparing for, you know, it to be this like transformational experience, like you can have a positive experience wherever. Um, and so, and I think it's helpful not to be married to one thing either. Um, I know my, my close friend who's a home birth midwife, she's like, not everyone should have a home birth and not everyone, you know, is promised that home birth. And so when plans do change, it's helpful to be able to know like, okay, like I can still have a really loud voice in the hospital. So, um, yeah. And that's one of the biggest things too. Like I, you know, that the patient should have the loudest voice in their care no matter what, like, even if I've done eight years, 12 years of schooling, like, um, if they're telling me they don't want me to do something, I'm not going to do it. Even if I think it's the right thing to do, you know, like that doesn't matter. So, um, I think that's just one of the things I really try and stress is, um, you can have like a really, really empower, like powerful experience at the hospital. So. That's awesome. So you talked about COVID a little bit and we did want to touch on that because it is, it's yeah. a reality right now, you know, and we don't mm -hmm. know exactly when that'll be changing. Yeah. Um, like, what are your, I don't know, like thoughts or what are you talking to moms about? What should they be considering? That's good thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, it, you know, such a layered topic. It changes every day. Um, I think what I'm telling moms is kind of what I just said is um, my recommendation is whoever you've been in care with, that you continue care with. Um, I think there's a lot to say about we, myself, or your other midwife, or your other OB, they have seen you through the whole pregnancy, they have followed you, they know you. It is a lot to change in your third trimester providers. I am not saying not to do it. I'm, I literally, you can change at your 39th week, totally fine, if you feel good about it. But my, my I just um, am, like weary of people changing out of fear um and so that's just that's that conversation that i'm having with patients is what like i i honestly have had like three to four conversations every single day with patients friends clients but you know of just and just kind of working through that like where is that like desire to change coming from if it's coming from like they really want to change great i'm totally in support of it i've had Plenty, I've had people leave my practice. I've had people come to us, like literally vice versa. So, um, but I think just one of the biggest things is not, is limiting social media, limiting the news, limiting um, talking with people. Um, everyone has their own opinion on it. Same with birth, you know, it's just, I really feel for these moms where, um, you know, there's so many emotions in your third trimester anyways, going into postpartum. and so. Um, just, yeah, I think limiting what you're putting in your head. And so, and just knowing that like when you do walk into the hospital, like it is, it's, I mean, at least in St. Pete, I, at today at baby place, I can say that like we have not had a COVID positive patient. So that it is, it's a safe place. Um, there's no ER, there's no ICU. So, um, but um, yeah, and just the normal recommendations of wash your hands, try not to go out. Uh, and just know that as providers, we have been quarantining forever. So we are, we are safe. We are, we're doing our best. We're, you know, we're all um, protected. And unfortunately we are gowning. Um, but um, I think that's another reason why sticking with a provider that you know, like my patients at least know what I look like, know what I sound like. And um, 
So I think, um, yeah, I mean, it is going to look different. Obviously it sucks. Like I was talking with the other midwives that I work with. It's like, oh, we hate that. We can't like, just like not be wearing anything. Cause that's what we love. We barely like putting like a gown on, um, for some deliveries just because it feels like a barrier. It does. But just knowing that like, we are doing it to protect your baby. And so, um, but yeah, I think, I think really the biggest thing I'm just telling moms is like, try to like limit what you're putting in your, in your head because um, it's just, it's not helpful. So yeah. yeah. And then really putting up um, good like practices and routines in place for postpartum and like having at least one to two people who you can reach out to. Um, knowing that we're going to see a rise in postpartum depression and we're all aware of that. And, um, so I'm having that conversation with literally everyone, whether they're in my practice or not, of just, um, be very aware. And like, if it's lasting longer than two weeks, I want you to reach out to me on that day 14. Like it's not worth, um, being, you know, suffering alone. So, um, yeah. yeah. I love all of those recommendations too. And also recognizing that like the providers at the hospital disinfect already. And so I think it's important because I have that conversation with clients where mm -hmm. they'll tell me sometimes that they don't want to go to the hospital for like anything. Like if they break their arm, for instance, they mm -hmm. don't want to go to the hospital because they're afraid mm -hmm. because of COVID. And I think that the fear needs to be decreased in a sense there. But I love that you touched on the topic of, um, like limiting the stories that you're listening to. And I have that conversation a lot too with clients that are listening to the birth stories of their friends or the horror stories yeah, from their yeah. friends or their, you yeah. know, things like that. And I'm like, you've got to limit that because if you don't, mm -hmm. you're going to cause fear and the fear yeah. is going to contribute to, you know, birth fear. <laughs> and right. so I love yeah. that you touched on that. Yeah. So thank you for saying that because it's yeah. important. Um, and so going important. down that road for a second, we could have a whole podcast on this next question yeah. I'm about to ask okay. you. Um, but I'd like to know, like, what are your kind of like top recommendations for the pregnant mama right now on preparing for birth? What are some necessary things mm -hmm. they need to be considering to put into that birth plan? And I know we talked mm -hmm. already about deciding and going with your gut on hospital mm -hmm. versus home birth, mm -hmm. but what are some of those other things they need to be considering, like talking to the spouse about understanding, reaching yeah. out, things like that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in relation to COVID, you're saying, or yeah? Kind of just in general. You can touch just on both general. if you'd like. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I guess I'll touch just like realistically what birth is looking like right now. Um, you, so hmm, yeah, this could be a lot. Um, so, one of the, yeah, the first thing I would say is just being on the same page as like your birth team. So, um, making sure, you know, towards the end of pregnancy, like these thoughts and fears come up and really speaking them out loud, not keeping them. in. there's um, been several times where I have just, I've tried everything and I'm just like, why is this baby not coming out? I don't know. And I realized that um, there's something that this mom is holding on to and that she hasn't verbalized and just like getting really close to her and being like, what? Like, it gives me goosebumps, but, like, there's one birth in particular, like, I'll never forget, because I just remember being, like, what are you holding on to that, like, you, you know, and it was, it was a friend of mine, actually, of just, like, what are you holding on to that you're not ready to let go of, and as soon as she, it took her a little bit, but as soon as she verbalized it, like, she had her baby in, like, 15 minutes, and we have been pushing for forever, and so it was, you know, just, we need to give more power to, like, our thoughts and how, um, how controlling those can be. And so 
Um, whatever you're thinking towards the end of pregnancy, even if, you know, a lot of times, a lot of moms are like, well, I just, it doesn't make sense or I feel crazy. I'm like, no, get it out. Like, let's get, like, let's get it on the boards, like on this, you know, so that we all know what's going on um, and so that we can support you better. So verbalizing your fears, um, getting on the same page, um, telling your partner, like really what you want from them in, in the birth um, space is super helpful. Um, right now with, um, so we're not having doulas in the hospital, which is super hard. But I am telling moms, like, doulas can still serve in so many capacities. If they've been quarantined, they can doula you at home. Um, I'm telling moms, I would love for you guys to come in crowning. Like, I'm fine with that, you know? Um, and so labor at home as much as possible. And so kind of working with your doula on that and what that looks like, um, being more in touch with us as providers. So, um, you know, I've been telling a lot of um which I, I normally do anyways, but just like being more in contact with us. And so like calling us in early labor, we can chat with you and then like any, whatever provider you have. Um, and then just being like, Hey, like I still, as long as like baby's moving and you still feel comfortable and you're coping, stay at home. You know, we know that moms progress faster at home in their own environment anyways. And so, um, so yeah, I would say that just getting out right now with these moms um you know moving your body for 15 to 30 minutes a day um and just taking as good a care of yourself as possible in these last few weeks and so and just giving yourself lots lots and lots and lots of grace um because it, it it's been a whirlwind for these moms and we feel for you and that's something too like I really oh, we can't stress enough. We're like, we know this sucks and we know it's hard and um, we are trying our best and we're trying to hold as much space for them as possible. And so, um, yeah, just, uh, um, yeah, just know that like we really do care about you more than you think. And um, yeah, and like reaching out with like any questions, whether it's a home birth midwife or a hospital midwife, like, we really do care and so and you're not a burden like I tell moms like I'm fine talking with you five times before you come into the hospital like I'm up at 2 a.m anyways like you're probably not waking me up and so um and you know same with same with these home birth midwives they're putting in so many hours right now and so um but yeah and just know that like there is help on the other side too like we know there's gonna be more trauma because of this, more depression, um, all of the things. And so um, thankfully here in St. Pete, we have counseling, we have therapists that are really, really skilled. And um, a lot of, and a lot of these, you know, um, counselors too are doing like some like no cost sessions and that kind of thing. And so um, just being like super gracious with yourself is like one of the biggest things I can say. Um, so, yeah. I think that's a big one too. And I think we all say that a lot, but we don't give enough power to it. Like, cause we say, you know, give yourself some mm -hmm. grace, but nobody's really like voicing what specifically that mm -hmm. looks like. And I think it's really important with not just COVID-19 yeah. and everything, but with birth in general that you understand like things yeah. change. Yeah. So I love that you yeah, you're mentioning and, that. And it means too, that like, even if like birth, we cannot plan birth. We can't, whether it's your first or your seventh baby. And so, um, you know, that's why, 
yeah, it is so important just to go in. Like, yes, it's great to have like your goals and your plan and like hiring a provider who really is on board with you. But just knowing that like if things change, you can still have like the most empowering birth. Some of the bravest moms are those moms who choose to lie on that OR table and have a C-section and birth their baby that way. And it is like, that gives me chills. Like every single time I have someone who, you know, does have to choose a C-section, it's like, damn, like you guys are so brave, you know? I know. Like I, I wish I could be half as brave as them when, when they're doing that. And so, um, and that can still be super empowering. And so, um, and that's the thing too, choosing a provider who is going to go at that for you and who does have a low C-section rate, but also who you can trust that if they are recommending a C-section, that, that they really do mean it. And that's one of the things like I, like, I feel so like honored when, when moms are like, I'm like, do you, whenever I like, I feel like I have to make that decision there are like, I'm recommending it. A lot of the times moms don't even want to talk about it with me because they're like, we know, we know if you're, if it's on the table for you, we know that that is what you really believe. And I'm like, no, but I'm willing to talk about it. And they're just like, no, we're, we're good. Like we, we, you know, we trust you. And so I think, but that takes, that takes a lot. And so, um, yeah, that's one of the other things is, which I'm so grateful that we have that in, in St. Pete and in Tampa, just in the Bay area, we have a lot of, we, we have a lot of good providers, which is super great. So, um, yeah. I definitely thought I was unmuted there. <laughs> Sorry, Madeline, go ahead. <laughs> you're one of them that you're here. You're so great. Yeah. 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 I'm not I actually, leaving. I will, I will be around. What, I know. The, no, yeah. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows what is, you know, where I'll end up. I, like I said, I love both. I, and so yeah. I think I'm super early on in my, at least midwifery career. So, um, but I want to do this for the next 35 years. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I actually have a question that came from a client of mine when I told her we were going to be interviewing you. Okay. She wants cool. to know, which I found it kind of interesting. It's kind of a fun question. She wants uh -huh. to know, what do you think needs to go into that hospital bag? <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. I, so when I was a doula, I had a list that I used to like send out to patients. Um, but which I will say too, I feel like, um, how I practice as a midwife is, um, well, it's not all midwives can do this, but I think if um, a lot of people could work as a doula for a little bit prior to becoming a provider, oh, it would make such a difference. Like, I think a lot of the way I practice is because I was a doula. And so I'm just a lot more um, patient, I think, because of it. But um, yeah, what to put in a hospital bag. So um, I would say a pillow, your own pillow. Um, I would say I very limited. It doesn't need to be a lot. So I'm like pretty minimal when it comes to packing, just because I'm like, you're only there like 24 to 48 hours and use all the hospital stuff because your insurance is paying for it anyways. So, but a pillow, remember your phone chargers, um, bring one to two outfits. I would say some, like a button down so that like something nursing friendly. Um, Target has like super comfy pajamas that I see like a lot of postpartum mamas wearing. Um, a robe, like a thin robe because it can get kind of cold. Um, a lot of moms like wearing Depends instead of like the huge pads that the hospital gives. So you just like pull them on like panties and then you can like throw them away. So get like a pack of those. 
I do recommend not getting the always brand because those can cause crazy rashes. Um, so something like non-scented is great. Um, and let's see if for labor, um, like if you're not having a doula who's bringing things like just anything that's going to make you feel like more at home and more comfortable. So if you're into essential oils, like I really like, um, you know, the standard like peppermint for nausea and then, or I really love orange for pushing. I think it gives you like a good boost. Um, Let's see, any, like a water bottle with a straw is super important because um, you can be like drinking it wherever, in the shower, on the toilet, in bed, um, anything that's going to give you calories. So I'm like super big at like, let's put as much in your body as possible during labor until you start throwing up so that you have energy to push. So, and I'm not like super particular, like normally I'm like maybe Gatorade, Powerade is not the best choice, but in labor, I don't really care what you drink, like as long as you're putting calories in um you know coconut water is great um that kind of thing um and whatever snacks that you want like your own snacks are good but um and then like one going home out for, for the baby is fun so but other than that you don't need to bring anything for the baby because the hospital has everything which is super nice so i always answer that question with like snacks on snacks and then yeah. i also say not always but depends <laughs> Perfect. And I, I always it, tell yeah. them loose, comfy clothes. Don't worry about a bra right now. <laughs> yeah, no bra. You don't need a yep. bra. You don't need to bring your pump. Nope. Um, that kind of thing. Like, yeah, they have pumps if you're, if we need you to pump. Um, and then, yeah. And like bring a notebook. Sometimes I'm like, bring a notebook if you have questions like in the middle of the night, like, you know, sometimes that's helpful when the provider round, like when I round in the morning, like moms are like, oh, I had a question, but I forgot. I'm like, write it down and I'll come back, you know, or whatever. Uh, so, um, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, pretty simple. You don't need a ton. So. I love that. What a, yeah. what a freaking powerful, like podcast. We've got a really good lineup here at the past. You guys got some hours. good people on here. <laughs> We've got some good, and we're going to keep them coming too, man. It's amazing. Yeah, the, it's, it's amazing. We have so many cool people in St. Pete. That's, I mean, it's just like so awesome. I love it. Like, uh, I'm like, oh, do you need a chiropractor? Oh, great. I have the perfect person for you. You know, it's just yep. like, so awesome. It's yeah. so good to have that connection yeah. and like the network as well. And I love this podcast because a lot of my past clients, current clients will listen to it and then they'll reach out to the other providers that are on here, yes. which is yeah, no. So And like, I, I forget how good we have it here too, because yeah. my friends are like, wait, you have, you know, a chiropractor who works on pregnant moms. I'm like, yeah, that's like solely what she does really. Yeah. And then it's like, wait, you have a public floor therapist who you actually trust. I'm like, yeah, I would let her look at my vagina, like, for <laughs> sure, you know, like, and so, yeah, it's just, it's crazy. It's amazing. It's something that I think we do take advantage of, but being quarantined has made me like really focus on like the amazing really? connections that I've had. You know what I mean? It's beautiful well, because so many of you have reached out to me asking how you can support me in my business and how can we help uh, the clients better? And that's what I love because what I do is so client centered. Uh -huh. And so it's really nice to know that I have all of this beautiful network of people that are also client centered and like yeah. every person, new mama, pregnant mama, somebody trying to conceive comes in and they're just like, I feel like you know everyone. And I'm like, oh, you need mental health here. Oh, you want to give birth in the hospital here. Oh, you need right. a doula here. Oh, you need a right. lactation specialist here. Oh, you need a chiropractor here. And they're <laughs> just like, you know everyone. And I'm like, I do. But, we're, but and it's people who you trust. That's yeah. my biggest thing. I can know 20 people, but if I don't trust you, I'm not going to refer exactly. to you. Exactly. Yep. You know? And so like, I have sent both you guys, some of my yeah. best 
friends. And I'm like, that's a lot to send, you know, like, and for what we do, like, are taking, like, I don't know. Yeah. Like for the first time I went to the chiropractor, I was like, man, I really have to trust you with my body. Like it's a huge trust thing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it is so cool. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This is going to be an amazing, amazing podcast that I think is going to answer a lot of those questions that clients have about going into their birth story and going into that. Because I tell people all the time, it's important to listen to these and learn what you can because your birth story is one thing you'll never forget. So always trust yourself. That's the biggest thing is just like trust yourself. Um, You know more than you think. And um, yeah. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Amy, for being on. Yeah, and until you. next time, guys, we'll see you next week on Vaginas and Vertebrae. Perfect. Bye.